Hello and welcome to Caught My Ear. This is a music podcast where two music obsessed mates get together to talk about the music they've been listening to, as well as a sprinkling of news topics. You are listening to episode 22. My name is Maddie. My name is Vivian. And we will start, regrettably, <laughs> going into the news, but talking about a topic very close to Vivian's very heart. Very close to my heart, yes. So, for anyone who isn't living under a rock, ha ha, ha. You will know that Taylor Swift released her latest album, Lover, yesterday. So, uh, just I'm just going to talk about it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let Vivian take the reins, because let's be honest, I haven't touched it, yeah. haven't even listened to it. Maddie hasn't listened Don't to it. Don't care to. But, but um, whatever. here's the thing. As I have mentioned, when Taylor Swift first released me, I was real scared. <laughs> I was terrified of where this album was going, but I have said that in the past, whenever she's released her lead singles, I've never really been a fan of them, especially with 1989, Shake It Off is the worst song on the album for me, (laughs) and that was her lead single. So there was that, and then she released her subsequent singles, and I still wasn't happy. You weren't convinced? No. And I was, you know, like, you need to calm down, the archer... And then Lover, those were all the songs she released beforehand. All of them I was like, I don't like these songs and I'm scared. (laughs) But I will say that I should have never doubted Miss T-Swift. Oh, God. (laughs) Because there are a lot of songs on there that I do really like. So to be honest, all those songs that I mentioned before are probably my least favourite songs on the album, which is really funny. Um... But there are some really good tracks in there. Um, probably my favourite one is False God. Uh, it's such a moody, dark track with this really interesting, like, horn sort of, like, production okay. in there. But it's not, like, overbearing. There's some, like, interesting samples in there. And um, I also really like Death by a Thousand Cuts because there's this really cool arpeggio piano in there that's, like, thrown in as, like, one of the um, sort of main elements. Maddie's just looking at me like, okay. <laughs> No, but, um, yeah, look, I, I have to say, it's definitely not her best album. Okay. I'm not going to give it that. And I probably like Reputation better at this point, because yep. it was a more sort of well-rounded album. Like, mm-hmm. there was a theme, and each song sort of had its place. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with Lover, a lot of it is, could, basically didn't need to be there. Right. Uh, is a lot of the songs, like, filler? I think so, in okay. my opinion, because it's it's hard when you know. I this is why I love concept albums so much. Is there's a reoccurring theme, and you know you can sort of see like where each song sort of fits. Whereas with Lover, it's like there's a lot of songs on there. I mean, she has said that the whole concept is it's about love, the good and the bad, but there's a lot of weird tracks in there. Like yeah, right. There's one called London Boy. Okay. Well, she. I'm assuming she's talking about her partner. He's British. But it's really weird. Like, she's basically just name-dropping, like, different places in London, different streets, like, different things you can do. And it's just like, why is this it's on like here? like a, a travel to London. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, the production's really nice and the chorus is quite cute in that song. But it's just like, songs like that, I'm like, this feels yeah. odd. Has it sort of... I've, I've been curious to know, because I don't actually want to listen to it. <laughs> um, I've been curious to know, like, because you know when um, 
you need to calm down yeah. and all that sort of <clears throat> dropped. Like there was a very um like prominent sort of like bubblegummy pop Yeah. It's weird because thing. has that sort of continued through or is that sort of just Yes and no. Okay. See my favorite tracks are the ones that are like like I said, False God is sort of, it's got that weird, dark, moody production, a yeah, lot right. like Reputation and I would say, 1989. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, songs like, they're, like, for example, London Boy is very bubblegum Okay. Very radio-friendly. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like the song that, like, is aimed towards kids in a way, but it's not because it's talking about her partner. So it's a bit weird in that yeah. sort of sense. Okay. Um... But there's another song on there which I found interesting. It's called The Man. And um, it's an interesting concept. She's talking about sexism in the music industry. But the main line in the chorus was is, is something like, um, if, I was, if I was a man, I'd be the man. Like, I'd be the man, you know? Like it's, okay. But for That's, me, like, the weirdest, like, and, irony of... But the thing is, for me, I was like, you are one of the best songwriters that... In the music industry at the moment, in my opinion. <laughs> and I found that to be a really almost like subpar way of exploring that topic. Like, yeah. of saying, of expressing how you feel about it. Like, I get it's like you're writing a pop song and you want it to be catchy, but I was like, I feel this like is, there's a better way for you to explore that. Like, This is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. Like, this, like... <laughs> try hard wannabe like feminist like it's yeah. very very base level like but see, surface the thing is she's i don't think she's base level when she um like in interviews or when she does actually talk about these issues i think and this is why it's so weird to me when you know you do watch interviews of her she's so well spoken so knowledgeable and intelligent when it comes to talking about these issues, but then you hear the man and you're like, I get that you're probably trying to make this as accessible to as many people, but I just felt like there could have been a better way for you I to... feel like that line, though, in itself negates everything that she's wants to talk about. Like, granted, I haven't listened to the whole song, so I yeah. don't know the context in which it stands. But, like, if you're saying, like, if you know, what What was the line again? Like, I want to be, like, so, the man or something. So it's like, if I was a man, I'd be the man. Right. So but you shouldn't have to be a man but to that's be the, the whole man. Thing. Like, that's... But that's what the song... Like, the song does talk about that. Like, it... it okay. The whole song explores, like, sexism, and it says how um, she... You know, she compares herself to people like Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah, how yeah. people look at him and, um, you know, they you know, he's an activist in mm-hmm. when really, like, he is, but, like, she compares how, like, that people don't view women the same way, like, right. in the same successful position. So it does okay. explore. I just mean, like, like, the verses are fine, but when it gets to that chorus, it's like, eh, it just falls short for me, but okay. anyway. I guess in the same context, I will just add, though, because yes. I've, since you've educated me. Yes. I guess in that context, it's sort of like the gist of like Beyonce's song, like "If I Were a Boy." Yes, actually, is that sort of an okay yes. comparison? I now that you've said that, I think that's probably the perfect comparison. Okay, because yes, I and I'm like I'm not a fan of that either. So, yeah. 
<laughs> like, uh, it, it's sort of like talking about it that way. I just think there's a more clever way to. Yeah. But yes. Okay, cool. Anyway. Well, we'll leave it at that before we go on any more yes. of the feminist rant. Yes. Because um, <laughs> we could talk about that forever. But I will move on to another sort of Taylor uh, Swift related story. So, more so about the whole dramas with her past recordings, like her master recordings. So, this is coming from Music Feeds, written by Alison Gallagher. And it says Taylor Swift plans to re record her music to regain ownership of her back catalogue. So it says, you may recall that in June of this year, Taylor Swift discovered the masters of her entire back catalogue had been sold to Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun, after Braun acquired Scott Borchetta's Big Machine label group. Swift, who says she was unaware of the acquisition until the rest of the world knew, painted as a bully and described the situation as a worst-case scenario, and a flurry of public figures took sides in the very public feud. However, it seems Swift has considered a solution to the problem, telling interviewers on American talk show CBS Sunday Morning that it was absolutely a plan to re-record her music as a way to regain ownership of those first six albums. In that case, Swift could encourage fans to purchase her new versions of albums such as 2012's Red and 2017's Reputation. So. I think that's a good idea. I think this is a great idea. I think this is a huge, like, screw you. Yeah. To everyone who's, like, screwed her over, basically. Exactly. And I think, because um, when Lover came out, she went, I, it was either in an interview or she said it on Twitter, maybe it was both, she said, I'm really excited because this is the first one that's fully mine. Yeah. Which is so crazy to think about because, you know, she's been in the music industry for so long. God knows how long. Yeah. Over ten years, and... She's now up to her seventh album, and this is like, yep. So, guys, this is uh, this is mine. <laughs> this is this is actually mine. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if if she can, I mean, I don't know, like, what the logistics of that would be to actually re-record yeah. every single album. Um, but if she can do it, I think that would be really, really good for her to do. Yeah, absolutely, because it finally gives her like control over her mm. own music. Yeah, definitely. and I think you know. As much as I don't like the music, <laughs> I, I think, you know, every artist deserves to have, like, that... Control. You know, mm. Yeah, that control and that, like, stability Yeah, that, you know, like, it's yours and, and I it think, belongs to you. I mean, when that whole story broke, my first thought was, I think this is such a... As terrible as it was, I thought this is such a good thing for people to see, to understand just how... Yeah complicated it is in the music industry when it does come to master recordings and owning your music and yeah you know record labels you know and the deals you have with musicians like they're going to do this amount of albums for them like it's really complicated yeah and a lot of that like stays in the dark and you don't really realize what got like normal like music consumers don't understand all of the stuff that's gone into exactly like an album coming out and how many like parties are Mm. invested yeah. in it and how much the artist actually gets out of it because it's nowhere near as much as you'd think. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing that's, like, come out to the forefront to, like, educate people on, you know, mm, definitely what actually goes on behind the scenes. Mm. But anyway, we will see what happens. We'll keep you updated. Well, I'll keep you updated. Yeah, Vivian's going to keep <laughs> updated on the story. I'll just listen to it when she yes. comes to me to record. <laughs> so we're going to move on from Taylor Swift 
and head into our last news story. Maddie, what have you got for us? I have got one about Miss Billie Eilish. Um, This is an article written by Jackson Langford from Music Feeds, and it says, Billie Eilish has finally dethroned Lil Nas X from number one on US charts after a record-breaking 19 weeks. So, 17-year-old wonder kid Billie Eilish has done the unthinkable and knocked Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus's all-conquering hit Old Town Road off the number one spot on the US Billboard charts after the song held the top spot for a record-breaking 19 weeks. Billie did so with Bad Guy, the lead single from her debut album When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, which dropped earlier this year. She is also the first artist born after the year 2000 to snag the top spot. Both Nas X and Cyrus have congratulated Billy on snagging her number one on social media. I think this is this great is news. rad. <laughs> I love this. You know, we've we've been talking about Old Town Road since the like third episode of this yeah, podcast. I think so. So you know, I feel like we've come full circle in a yeah. way. <laughs> we talked. We about have it. reported on the life cycle of Old Town Road. <laughs> Since its inception. Yes, yes. And we, you know, we have talked about how we love Billie Eilish, we love her new album. Granted, I am sick of Bad Guy at this point. Yeah. Mainly because of the memes. The memes have... Yeah, that's definitely ruined it. it yeah, down for me. It's still a good song, though. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm just happy that she managed to knock Old Town Road off. I know. I didn't... I was I was waiting for it to happen. I was wondering what song was going to actually do it. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that it was Billy. Yeah, like, she's she killing it. She definitely deserves it. And, like, she's 17. It's wild. First artist born after 2000 to get a number one. That's, That's like, so crazy. Mind-boggling to me. <laughs> but she's so talented. I'm so excited to see where her career goes. Oh, yeah. She's definitely, like, astronomical things ahead of her. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. Mm. Congrats, yeah. Billy. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> highly doubt it. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so that brings us to the end of our news segment. So before we go into the songs that we go that we listen to this week, sorry, uh, we encourage you to pause the podcast, go down to the description, and click either the Spotify or YouTube playlist to listen to the songs that we're about to talk about, so you don't get lost and you know support us. I yeah. guess in that way. <laughs> so heading into song of the week, Maddie, what have you got for us? So, my song of the week is by Bon Iver. It's called Naeem. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think so, too. Um, yeah. So, it is off his latest album, I, I. Uh, I think that was, like, released last month, I think. Um, it was, like, released, like, three weeks earlier than it was supposed to. Oh. Which is cool. It just, like, dropped out of just nowhere. Just randomly. That's They're like, cool. oh, I know it, it's going to, like, release later, but... Here it is now. It's finished. But, um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> so I've listened to this song um, quite a few times over the past couple of weeks. And I have sort of come to the conclusion that it's probably one of the, like, it's a song that you want to share with other people who don't really know what Bon Iver are about. It's probably the most, like, palatable for people who don't really like who aren't fans of him already Mm. of you know their music because it is quite 
experimental in ways and definitely a bit weird here and there, like the things that they put in. But um, this song itself, it's got, you know, like a pretty obvious, you know, like verse chorus structure, all that good stuff. Um, And yeah, it's just like really, really cool to listen to because it does focus so much on the lyrics and the melody and like the emotion in like Justin Vernon's voice Mm. is like incredible. It's like his lyricism is so it's just like full of metaphors and like confusing lyrics that, you know, you probably have no idea what they mean Mm. unless you were the person writing it. Like you can look into it as much as you want to, but it's so confusing. Yeah. Like, you'll have no idea what it really, really means anyway. Yeah. But it's still a really good song to listen to because, like, there's this, like, repetitive chorus and it's just, like, he just repeats, like, I can hear crying. Mm. Um, But, yeah, again, I don't know, like, the gist <laughs> of the song or, like, where it comes from. I think it's sort of, like, a reflection. He's sort of writing about, like, the state of, you know, our society and, like, social justice issues and... Mm. Things like that, I think, is sort of like the general gist of it. Mm. But yeah, this it's got like this really, really raspy, like emotional voice, and it's just yeah, incredible to listen to. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not familiar with Bon Iver. Iver. I don't know. I think it's I, Bon Iver. Iver. But sorry, I See, I'm not a fan. Because <laughs> I always thought it was like Bon Iver. But yeah. Everyone was telling me that was wrong, so I don't really actually know. Well, yes, I've never <laughs> really listened. Um, so when Maddie played this song, I definitely agree in the sense that it's probably the most accessible song. Yeah, that's a good word. In yeah. the sense that you can listen to it and you won't feel, I guess, you won't be confronted with all and these. And overwhelmed, yeah, I think, is yeah. a lot of like a lot of their other music. Because when I first sort of started getting into it, like it's very overwhelming all of the things coming at you yeah like where is all of this stuff going like yeah and i mean this song definitely does have its experimental elements like there's some really cool samples in the beginning which i was like oh this 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 is pretty cool yeah but um definitely like the voice was the first thing that i was like this is very different to what i had been exposed to yeah from the other music but yeah i definitely agree it's it's a really beautiful song. I love the chorus, like yeah, how emotive he is. Yeah, I think the the vocal thing is mm. like it's like a theme sort of carried throughout the mm. album. Like yeah. a lot of the songs on there are definitely like more focused on the vocals and the lyricism and mm. that sort of thing rather than all of these weird experimental elements. But my favorite part of the song is when it, like, builds up into sort of, like, the last chorus and there's mm. these, like, snare drums that are, like... like yeah. It's sort of like a galloping sort of feel to it and then you've got these, like, really big, um, like, horn mm. sort of swells and stuff like that and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's so, yeah. so cool to listen to. So I definitely recommend listening to Naeem on their new album, I, I. So that's my song of the week. Nice. Vivian. What is your song of the week? So my song of the week this week is I Don't Think I Can Do This Again by Mira Massa featuring Claro. So I talked about Claro, I think it was maybe two episodes ago in Under a Rock. And I was really excited. Um, I actually saw on her Instagram that she was like, I actually have a song coming out this week with Mira Massa. And I was like, this is so cool. Like she's coming (laughs) up. Um, She's uh, collaborating with people, which is really cool. 
she's really, you know, sort of making her way, and I love it. Um, and the thing is, Miramasa, it's, he's such an interesting producer, because he does a lot of, like, electronic sort of things, and, but he plays with such interesting samples too. Probably his most famous song that people know him for is Lovesick, featuring, um, ASAP Rocky, and so when this came up, I was like, ooh, okay, I'm interested to see how this, how this will go, and... I love it so much. Mm. Clara's voice, it's just, like I said a few weeks ago, it's just so delicate and angelic. And it's such an interesting fit for the type of song that this is because at its core, it is an electronic song. Yeah. But in a way, it has a lot of like new wave punk influences, you know, because it starts off with a guitar, a very soft acoustic guitar riff. And that very much goes well with Clara's voice. But then it gets into, I guess, the chorus slash drop. And it's very distorted. Oh, there's so much distortion on it. I was like, what I was, is going on? Is I was there any so pure, surprised. Is there any, like, pure sounds in here? And it's very cool because it sort of builds from the distortion into, like, into, like this really sort of proper electronic drop. drop. But what I'm really... A big fan of is um it's kind of got this like stadium rock vibe in like that very electronic drop because it it's sort of driven by this very intense guitar line but um which is so interesting because that's something I didn't expect at all for this song mm. um but yeah like I'm I'm a really big fan of just the different direction she's going I, I know that this is a feature like she's featuring on this song but I think it's really interesting how versatile she is because the song I talked about a few weeks ago was this really sort of emotional. Oh, it's like the complete opposite spectrum. It's like yeah. this like gorgeous, soft, delicate thing. And yeah. then you come and listen to this like distortion heavy electro like, tune and it's like, oh, It's so cool. Can, like the diversity is I really know. And, it's, and she's so young as well, which is just like, oh, gosh, people are so <laughs> talented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, so that's my song of the week this week. I don't think I can do this again. Neuromassa featuring Claro. So now we're going to go into Under a Rock and I'll kick us off. So my Under a Rock this week is Hotel Pool by Tisha. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, so she's an Australian artist from Perth, which I thought was really interesting. Very exciting. Yeah, because I mean, Perth is such a, it's such a weird city, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't really hear much going on. Except for, like, Troy Sivan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's true, yeah. So, it's pretty cool that she's from there. Um, And this song, I actually heard it on Triple J, funny enough. Um, And I went into the rest of her stuff. She doesn't have a lot of, like, songs out. She's only got a few on Spotify, which I thought was interesting. But this song, it's, it's very dark and it's very moody. And the production pretty much reflects that in every single way. It's really cool, though, because her voice is... It's very rich. It's very strong. But when she, it goes into the chorus, it it's very delicate and soft, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's such an interesting um, sort of switch up there. But I'm a really big fan of the production in this one, especially because it plays on a lot of vocal samples as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Just before the chorus. But... Yeah, it's just like a really dark, moody tune that 
you have to listen to to really understand what I'm what I'm talking about. I was really really excited when mm. you played it for me because I was like, this is like unlike anything I've sort of listened to a lot. Um, and I was just really like it's gobsmacked very by her voice. Mm. One, it's phenomenal, gorgeous, and then yeah, it just fits so well with that like dark mood. Mm. Like it's yeah, it's just glorious. I love it. It's so beautiful, and I really love. There's this really cool thing towards the end where, um, she's sort of repeating the chorus over and over again, but as she does, sort of different production elements sort of fade out, and then it's just left with her singing. But it, it's just so raw, and I don't know, I think that's such an interesting technique to sort of, like, end a song. It's not like a traditional fade-out, it's just like, mm. Yeah, <laughs> everything just down. turns the volume down. <laughs> but, um, which is, yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing. So, yes, that's my Under a Rock this week, Hotel Pool by Tisha. So, Maddie, what's your Under a Rock? My Under a Rock, I didn't actually discover this one myself, mm. um... Someone by the name of Joshua. Um, <laughs> someone. <laughs> someone. By, <laughs> my lovely Joshua. Um, so he recommended this song to me and it's called Closed Hands Full of Friends by Foy Vance. Such an interesting title. It's, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but this song was released in 2013, I think. And like, it is, I just, I just don't have the words. Yeah. <laughs> it is so cool. It's so like... So it's sort of like this folk rocky type of like vibes. It sort of similarly like reminds me kind of like the Fergie's track that we listened to last okay, week. Okay, yeah. In that it's kind of like if you don't know like the gist of the song, that's sort of like mm. you like your instruments that you're kind of listening out for. But it's yeah, it's this really cool um like feel good folk rocky track. Um I don't I just I just don't know how to explain it. So this guy, he, um, he's toured with Ed Sheeran as well. And it makes so much sense. Which when you does listen to make it. a lot of sense. So he's also from Ireland, which is awesome. He's got this really cool, mm. like raspy voice. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like, he's not like scream singing, but no. it's like, it's very raw and, um, he does some cool like growls like sort of like in between yeah certain, like you can you can hear how emotive he is but the the thing that i picked up on what i immediately first thought when i heard him sing was he gives me bruce springsteen vibes like he oozes bruce springsteen to me yeah which is something that i hadn't really thought about but like when vivian mentioned it i was like you know what i can actually mm. get that sort of vibe yeah because it's got that like stadium rock vibe in terms of the instrumentation and how it builds but mm. with his voice the way he sings words it's not he's not just sort of singing exactly like his he he sort of experiments a lot with like phrasing and pauses and that sort of thing which i thought was very much like bruce springsteen yeah yeah in his storytelling so yeah yeah because this it does like this song builds really really well i love the build up mm. in this because it starts out sort of like these um this steady like pulsing beat goes mm. sort of throughout the whole thing and sort of at the beginning it starts with like the piano chords it's like on every every beat and then sort of as it gets into the song sort of the drums kick mm. in and like they sort of drive that like um that beat throughout it yeah and it just gets bigger and bigger and then 
towards the end we get like strings in there and it's just this like explosion of you know um like strings and guitar and all of these mm. cool things and it's just so awesome mm. i love the so song good. so much you definitely need to listen to it i really want to um listen to the rest of his stuff because this came out in 2013 yeah and he has released stuff this year mm. so i actually want to like explore that listen to the rest of it because yeah his voice is just incredible i absolutely love this song it's such a feel-good one to like listen to with yeah. your friends and just have Definitely. a rock out to it's amazing i love it so it's closed hands full of friends by foy vance so that is my under a rock so next segment is caught my ear um and so i'll start us off with mine so it's called home by Martin Garrix featuring Bon. So this one is a bit of an interesting one. Mm. So when you hear Martin Garrix, you think, you know, electro producer, it's going to be sort of like that. But when it starts out, it's got this like early 2000s. Oh yeah. Like punk rock kind of like rocky sound. It's so and interesting because it for me it was like early two thousands like almost like grungy in a way like yeah yeah very like a lot of different rock elements that you're like whoa it's a lot because I heard it and I was like this sounds like a song that Vivian would listen to oh it is and because <laughs> it's it's pure yeah exactly what like Vivian's rock sort of you know taste is and then as you get further into the song you start hearing the elements from Martin Garrix like the um, more electro produced stuff and like the chorus it doesn't really have like a it's not like a drop but no. it, like it gets in there and it does like build up with these sort of like electronic sort of samples and synths and things like that but the but it doesn't really take away from that like grungy rock sound like the whole song itself sort of still remains within that genre mainly mm. and it's a lot more focused on like that side rather than the electronic sort of elements to it which i think is something that you don't really hear when Definitely you get features not. like that because it is martin garrick's featuring mm. bon who i tried to look him up and apparently he's a swedish singer oh, okay but on his spotify like the only three songs that he's got there are all features with Martin Garrix. And he's also appeared on um, Avicii's, like, latest album. Yeah. Tim, I think it is. And, mm. yeah, like, he's got a few um, credits on there. But not much, like, not solo. Because I was trying to sort of figure out whether, like, he was sort of the like influence. that grungy rock. Like, that was his sort of area. But I can't find anything, like, by him solo. So I don't really know, but I'm assuming that's sort of where it came from. But, yeah, it's it was a very weird blend when I heard yeah. it. So I was very confused. Mm. But, yeah, so that's my Caught My Ear. It's Home by Martin Garrix and Bon. Um, so, Vivian, what have you got for Caught My Ear? So my Caught My Ear this week is Take a Number by Marion Hill featuring Downier, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, so Marion Hill, I have been a fan of them for so long. They're this uh, electronic American duo. They're really cool. They really play with production. And yeah, a lot of their stuff is very interesting. And this song definitely fits within within their discography, oh, yeah. which is so cool. Um it's such it's such a like unapologetic like 
aggressive in a way tune all about self-confidence which oh yeah it is very cool that yeah and i love it um but the coolest thing for me is the production in the beginning it starts with the vocals and the cool thing that's backing the vocals at that time are these different vocal samples and it's just like you know sort of like one line like different sort of notes coming through and then it harmonizes which is awesome yeah i love that i love it so much and that like repeats throughout the song which is so cool um and then of course in true marion hill style when it gets to um like the chorus that's when like sort of the 808 comes in and like the different percussive elements very reminiscent of um their other probably i guess most popular song down that was in the airpods commercial like ages years ago, ago yeah that was that went around that it song. did it yeah absolutely like skyrocketed them i reckon yeah definitely um and so yeah it's very much like that song in the sense when it gets to the chorus but i just love like the different phrases in the song it's just such an interesting like way of approaching this topic because it's talking about how um if you want my number, then you can take a number, like stand like, in line. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the coolest girl around. Exactly. Like, yeah. And everyone else knows it too. So you got to wait in line. Exactly. And I love that. Like, that's such an interesting <laughs> line as well. Like, if you want my number, you got to take a number. That's so cool. But um, as well, when she's like referring to the guy, she's like, oh, you're such a salty snack. Yeah. You're such a sweet shake. Maybe I'll take a bite. Like, it's just such a like... It's very playful. Very playful, yeah. but it's so confident and it's it's I just love like hearing when people are so unapologetic in their self-confidence like, yeah, I know I'm cool. I know yeah. I'm hot like I'm going right. to sing about it. Like <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Um which is yeah, so so cool. Um, mm. I'm a big fan of this song. I've always been a big fan of them. So this is Take a Number by Marion Hill featuring Downia. Now, usually this is where we would end the podcast, but we actually have another recommendation this week. Yay! Yay! This is coming from my sister, Bianca. So it is called Frack by Frips and Frips. Such an interesting... What a name. Name for both. Can we just appreciate the fact that that is the weirdest name I think I've ever heard? I know, and I don't really understand that, like, the title because it's just it's it's just random which i guess is sort of fitting but it's so like okay cool yeah Yeah. that's typical of you know your random aussie bands yeah so they are a band from cronulla in sydney and um the first thought i had when listening to this is this is not the kind of music my sister listens to (laughs) at all just just absolutely like drag her on no 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 because the thing is when she when she recommended this she's like oh it's such an interesting song. It's got good vibes. And I was like, okay, I kind of expected like this electronic song. That's like, she's very much into house music. And when I listen to it, it's like this upbeat sort of very fast paced, like indie rock song. And you're like, Whoa. Like, when did you get into this scene? Well, like what? What is happening? But it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. It starts off with this really intense guitar riff that I love. It's, oh, it's the bomb. It's I'm not so even infectious. like a guitar person, but yeah. I was like, and straight so away, excited. straight away you can hear like how talented the guitarist is because it's oh, such yeah. a fast paced riff. That's not easy to do at all. So I was like, this is very cool. Off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then it gets into the verse and it's like, almost like he's singing, but it's very fast paced. It's almost like 
talk rapping, rapping yeah. like it's that's like a mix between like singing and rapping i think yeah yeah, yeah. and uh both maddie and i thought they were british when we heard yeah but that's sort of the case with a lot of like aussie bands because yeah. i'm gonna get a bit annoyingly technical again no 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 don't but it's not like, annoying because <laughs> when you know like when you're singing like the Australian accent is like built on these things called diphthongs Mm. which is like more than one vowel Mm. sort of in the thing Um, so it's like a lot of you'll get like Y's and stuff at the end of words that make it that have that like twang or whatever but when you sing it sort of like removes that yeah. twang from it so it's yeah we sound kind of British there you go sing, that's so. your weekly music Little... lesson with Maddie <laughs> music lessons with Maddie <laughs> we should create a jingle for that oh my god yes every please. single time you're about to give like someone who wants to make a jingle for us please do it yes please I would love that uh every time Maddie's about to school us we'll just play it <laughs> anyway um yeah so back to the song um yeah which is we I thought it was really cool like in the verses how it's very like he's singing quite fast but it's very tight and cohesive it's not mm. like it's not messy in in any way and you way. don't lose anything either no. that's sort of like a tendency when you get like you know really fast paced singing um, yeah. not as much with rap because rappers are, like it's what they do they know mm. how to do it well but like with singers who sing really fast or you know like talk really fast it's that you have like the tendency to like not like pronounce words properly and like yeah. you lose things sort of along the way but this one is yeah as you said it's really really tight really succinct it's really good yeah really yeah it's really interesting but the coolest thing i think is the chorus because when it gets into the chorus it it doesn't like slow down but it sort of goes into like this chanting mm. of make time for the weekend but it's really cool because you just want to like shout along with it yeah, every time yeah. it comes on when i was listening to it i thought of thought it it's definitely a song that you would find playing in some like random pub or yep. whatever in like the suburbs of an Australian town yeah like, <laughs> that's like you bring like 10 of your friends along mm. and you're all just having a laugh having a good time and yep. like this band's playing in the background you're absolutely living for it like yep. this is exactly the vibe of like Australian like pub indie music definitely like, it's definitely one that, you know, fits into that Oh, I, I totally scene, agree. And, yeah, like, I didn't think, you know, I, I usually do sort of, I am drawn to this sort of music, but, yeah, like, it's definitely one of those songs where, like, if you're, you get to the weekend, you're going somewhere with your friends, you just chuck it on, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, so, yeah, that's um, our thoughts on that one. Frack by Frips and Frips. <laughs> so I, I love that name. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, a bunch of other ones. We're you know still looking to see if there's more ways we can become more available to you guys. We're also on YouTube now, guys. Yes. So yes. subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've put in lots of work making these things. She into has Maddie. Maddie has been the you know light of my life. Learn learn Premiere <laughs> Pro on the fly. <laughs> I can do it. Adding to your skill set. Oh, just adding that one on the resume. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you reckon about the songs that we uh, chatted about this week. If you absolutely love Taylor Swift's new album or if you think it's the worst thing ever, <laughs> let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, yeah, just chuck us a DM. 
um, through our social media, which you can find at Caught My Ear Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow us there for all the latest updates. And we will see you on Monday with a new episode. See you guys. See yous.